This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is... Kyler This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Jackson himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles! He is Houdini! Touchdown! Patrick Mahomes with a rope! Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Stafford's Pass podcast presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I am your host, Blake Leppel. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and we are here to discuss more NFL offseason news and notes. And uh, Dylan, specifically, uh, we are going to dive into some of the top free agents uh, of this offseason. I think we did this last year where mm-hmm. uh, NFL.com, they do their uh, top free agents uh, of the offseason every year and basically rank their top available players. And what we did is, you know, while their list is uh, 101 long, I don't think you guys want to listen to us talk about 101 <laughs> players on this particular episode. Uh, so we just kind of took it to the top 20 to see if we could figure out um, what their list looked like, maybe how it's going to look in terms of how we would rank them and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was an interesting discussion last year. Should be a pretty interesting discussion this year too. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of guys that, I mean, this top 20 is pretty stacked, but then you look even in the, after this top 20, I'm sure we'll bring up some of these guys that easily could have been deserving to, to have been a few spots higher. It's, I mean, that's what happens. <laughs> There's a lot of good free agents. You can only have so many in the top 20, obviously. Um, but a lot of teams, it's going to be interesting. Another note that we've seen some rumors about, there's going to be a lot of players cut, especially because of the cap dropping this year, even with the addition of that 17th game that should uh, you know, help it stay a little bit higher. Um, obviously, a lot of the teams are going to have to figure out a way, whether it be restructuring contracts, but more often for a lot of cut candidates out there, this this pool is only going to get stronger from here on out. So probably the best time for us to do this, because otherwise this list of 101 is going to be like 150, <laughs> and then we're going to it's just going to be too ridiculous to even keep up with. So uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of movement expected though. I don't, you know, a few of these guys maybe will end up back with uh, the teams that they had last season. I know, especially the Buccaneers would love to bring back a couple guys on this top 10 list. But, man, not otherwise, you know, a lot of a lot of guys that are probably going to be changing teams this year. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, as you said, we'll, we'll I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about with that uh, with some of those. We always look around. And there are usually some surprise cuts in terms of uh, players that are that are let go. And um, there's usually plenty of discussion to figure out where they could land. All right. Let's work our way from the bottom here, because as we said, we're going to we're going to cut this list to 20, which is what we're just going to go. We're going to take it from their list here and uh, go through these, you know, who's maybe ranked too high, who should be on this list, who's too low, all those kind of things. Let's start here. We'll we'll group some of these guys uh, together a bit. 
Uh, we start at number 20, Yannick Ngakwe. He is at 20 on their list. Uh, you've got, of course, you know, I think he's an interesting one. We'll probably talk about him yeah. for a second because, you know, we think about kind of where Ngakwe was last year in terms of, I mean, you know, the discussions we're having and we know he's unhappy and all this other stuff. Um, you know, he was a big part uh, of the Jag success on defense. And then, you know, he winds up uh, in kind of a, just a weird season where, mm-hmm. you know, we're thinking, okay, now he's going to be that guy for the Vikings, but then he winds up on the Ravens. <laughs> um, just a pr- pretty strange, uh, I guess, year for him. So, yeah, it happened so quick. And it, like you said, it was kind of a year when you look at his, uh, not just his numbers, but his overall performance, it just doesn't really stick out with some of them. I mean, he still ended up with eight sacks, but man, it didn't really feel like that. <laughs> it didn't look like he feel like he had the same impact with either team. So, I mean, he's only, I mean, he turns 26 at the end of the month. He's still really young. That's something that for a guy that's already been in the league for five years, I believe now, I mean, he's got a lot of good football ahead of him in terms of where he ends up. Not positive. I do think he's going to probably receive less money than usually you'd put for someone that's the 20th ranked free agent again, because all these teams are really going to be on a budget. Maybe some team for a one-year deal goes out and gets him, but He's not, I mean, as I mentioned, it's kind of in the NFL.com article, he's not really known for being a, a spectacular run defender. And that's something that even for an edge guy, obviously you're looking for pe- the pass rush and that's the most important thing. You need to be really well balanced if you're going to get a high uh, price on the free agent market. So still, again, still really young. So I, I could see him. I hope he ends up with like a contending team where he doesn't have to worry about putting up huge numbers. Although that was kind of the case in Baltimore and he didn't make a huge impact. Uh, but I feel like there's probably some defensive coordinator out there talking to their GM, like, look, if we get this guy on our system, we can make it work. Working through the rest of these next four here, Corey Lindsley, uh, the center for the Packers, uh, Matthew mm-hmm. Judon, of course, Ravens also. Um, then you look at, you know, a couple other interesting ones here at 16 and 17, Dylan. Um, and yes. then I think we get into that top 15, but this is a pretty interesting range of talent here too, uh, with Jadavion Clowney among this, this mix of four players as well. Yeah. Clowney is a guy that obviously when healthy years, he makes a huge impact when he's not, it's someone that has not been able to do quite as much. I, I don't know the fit for him again. It's just the health wise. It's, it's another thing that makes it a little bit scarier in terms of where he's going to uh, end up. Um, he, yeah, he had the surgery he's supposed to be fully recovered by April. So we'll see if that delays, whether he signs quickly, he might not be a guy that when free agency starts in two weeks, it quickly, uh, goes off the board, but, uh, obviously <laughs> has a huge, really huge impact. We saw it, especially in 2019, how, uh, you know, how much different Seattle's defense looked without him on the field, completely different ball game. And, uh, out of the other guys though, here, I think Judon, I wouldn't be surprised if he stays in Baltimore. I feel like that. He's really fits so well with what they've been able to do. I don't know, again, if anyone else is going to really outbid Baltimore in this case, so I could see him staying. In terms of the offensive linemen, I do worry about, for the Packers' sake, obviously they're going to be in great shape no matter what with Aaron Rodgers and the weapons they have, and I'm excited to see how Joe Barry, as the new defensive coordinator, brings over the the Staley kind of concepts of their defense to try to help them there. Uh, but I, I can't understate how important Lindsley's been for the Packers. He was a rookie the la- uh, in 20. 20- 14 when the, the Packers nearly made the Super Bowl and he's been a mainstay. I mean, he fit right in with immediately with all these other spectacular Pro Bowl, All Pro kind of linemen and became one himself. Um, I <laughs> he might be too expensive. I know the Packers are going to be able to restructure things. They should be fine um, if they want to try to get him back. But it's going to be about you know it's the same thing when we get to Tampa Bay and we're going to talk about them in a bit. In terms of <laughs> there's only so many guys you can keep 
and there's there, everyone has that balance of uh, wanting to stay with the team that they've built their career with, wanting to have that, you know, that loyalty, and they, they feel they, all the relationships they have in the organization. But there's a <laughs> there's a price range too that if they're too far off, you just can't turn down too much money. The same thing goes for Joe Tooney. I, I, I don't know, man. I could see both guys landing elsewhere, but at the same time, it's hard for me to imagine with the impact they've had of both of those organizations in New England and Green Bay, uh, seeing them in a different jersey. But, hey, we saw Tom Brady in a different jersey. Didn't think that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I was going to say about uh, Tooney and, and Lindsay. Both like they, they played with some pretty good quarterbacks, and I'd like to think that they probably played a hand in – some success for those guys. So um, th- that's why, you know, they're ranked here respectively. Lindsley at 19, Tooney at 17. That's why they're there is because, you know, they, they are such valuable guys at those positions. Um, so if you're wondering, you know, why are these guys ranked above some of the guys we're probably going to talk about when we get to the end of this list and say, well, why mm-hmm. weren't, you know, these certain guys in there? Um, that's why. Like those guys are, I mean, still like age-wise, like what, Lindsley's 30, um, Tooney's 28. So it's yeah. like these guys are still – in pretty good spots, like to be able to, to do what they do here for, for a bit. So yeah, there's your uh, 20 through 16. Let's jump to the top 15 here. We can start with number 15 and kind of zone in on him. Uh, Kenny Galladay, who is uh, 27. Um, of course, you know, the big thing with Galladay this past season was he just didn't play a whole lot um, with yep. injuries and that type of stuff. And um, so, you know, that, that was something that certainly stood out just from this past season. But I think overall, like we've seen, the trajectory, you know, of him and his career. Like, he's become mm-hmm. one of those guys that is really hard to contain. And, um, you know, now I think it's interesting in terms of we talked about the dynamic, certainly, you know, switching with, with the Lions and now Jared Goff's there and, and lots of interesting things that can go into that. But, um, I mean, there's there's no doubt that Kenny Galladay can, can play. And, um, oh, yeah. I, you know, he, that that's an interesting scenario there with him. So He's a – I mean, yeah, he's a proven number one guy when he's on the field. Obviously, last season struggled a lot with injuries. I've – I think in at least one of my leagues for three straight years have had – in fantasy have had Kenny because of the impact he's able to have on the field when he's there. And sometimes he would slide a little bit further back than I thought his value was. Um, I – the reports that I've read uh, the last couple of days basically are indicating the Lions are willing to tag him. Have thought about it. Brad Holmes said it's uh, on the top of the forefront of their minds. So uh, I, it's it's really hard to imagine them not tagging him to try to have give a number one guy to Jerry Goff, who as much as I, I believed at certain times that he could work in the Rams system, I just think it's going to be an interesting adjustment in Detroit that he doesn't have everything around him like he did in Los Angeles. And having that number one guy, I think, will just be a really help quite a bit, obviously, for him uh, to adjust. If he if they don't tag him, I mean, there's any number of teams that would love to have him. I think, like, the teams that I, that came to my mind immediately were, like, the Giants, maybe. Like, they need a number one receiver that to fit alongside some of the guys. They have some really good receiving talent that I don't know exactly fits as a number one. So getting him would help quite a bit. Uh, man, there's, again, like, there's so many teams that could use a number one guy, like the Bears, the Ravens, the... Even the Dolphins could add like there's so many teams that he makes sense for. But again, we're we're going to get to another receiver higher up on this list that might be the first target some of those teams have. So maybe Kenny will have to wait a second. Maybe he'll just get tagged and end up in Detroit. But yeah, I mean, he's a guy and there's another guy coming up on this list. Uh, kind of guys that play on these teams that aren't in the playoffs, that aren't really good teams, but under the radar, maybe not for fantasy so much for Kenny, but for some of the other guys on the list. Uh, are just fantastic football players. It is a tough sport. There's just 11 people on the field on each side, and you can only have so much of an impact. So 
Uh, definitely like seeing guys get rewarded that aren't necessarily on winning teams, uh, but put up the put the play out there, and he's definitely on that uh, on that list. Edge rushers are the theme uh, for the next three on yeah. NFL.com's list. Uh, Carl Lawson, the Bengals is at fourteen. That's- Trey, yeah, Trey Hendrickson at thirteen. Um, and then you've got Hendrickson from the Saints, and then you've got Bud Dupree um, at 12. So, I mean, you know, the one I think that's going to certainly stand out is Dupree, where, you know, he tore his ACL, and and that's something that, you know, you probably don't want to have if you're someone heading into free agency. Um, You don't want to have that kind of, you know, on there. We know that guys bounce back from that all the time, but it's, you know, it's still something that probably can affect your value a little bit. So, um, th- that's an interesting group there of guys that, again, we talk about age, uh, still young guys uh, in that group, uh, 26, 26, 28. Dupree's the one that's 28. Um, so that's a, that's an interesting group of talent there too. Yeah, the one I was referencing was Ke- uh, Carl Lawson. At, for In terms of just a guy that on the Bengals, that defense has gotten a lot of, <laughs> yeah. a lot of flack <laughs> recently. But, I mean, he's he's incredible. Uh, as PFF, they put it in this article, finished fourth in pressures with 64 and second in QB hits. I mean, that's no joke, especially when you look at uh, that, the quality of that Bengals defense. He's doing it all. I would love for the Rams to get him. He's probably way out of their price range, but uh, he's a kind of guy that if you, if you just single in on him, he makes an impact week in and week out. Obviously, the other two guys, and uh, the, the edge rushers here with uh, Hendrickson and Bud Dupree on bat, much better teams and get a lot uh, more uh, more of the spotlight. Maybe I guess with Hendrickson, maybe he gets a little bit overshadowed because of the talent around him. I still think he's fantastic and has a chance to, to make a big impact somewhere. Uh, Dupree, I mean, we've seen so many guys come off torn ACLs in, in the NFL and be completely fine. It's not really as maybe as worrisome as like Achilles injuries are in terms of uh, how you're able to recover. Obviously, it was late in the year. It was during the, the game against Washington, correct? So, I mean, that was at that time, they must have been 11. It must have been like week 13. So, uh, I still think he'll he'll find a, a good home and a, probably a really solid price uh, range on the market, If whether that's with the Steelers, where it is. Uh, there's a lot of teams that could use edge rushers. It's There's a reason that there's so many of these guys in this, uh, at the top of this list because of the impact that they have and what they can really, how they can change a game. And you saw it, especially from Tampa Bay's front four uh, in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, Bud Dupree, when he's on the field, I mean, that's, things definitely changed for that Steeler defense when he left. You see, you can't, you, I mean, there's not necessarily like exactly like war in baseball in terms of wins above replacement that a defender can add. They, they kind of try to quantify that at football outsiders, but just watching the Steelers defense, they were still solid, but man, they really did miss him after he got hurt last year. Any thoughts on the alignment on 11 and 10 spots here? And then we'll get into the ones I think that most people find probably a bit juicier from nine uh, down to one. Uh, Brandon Scherf, of course, from Washington, he's at 11. Yeah. Taylor Moten from um, Carolina is at 10. Uh, yeah, I mean, Moten just a fantastic tackle. There's a ton of teams that I can imagine that would want him. Uh, man, I, I don't – but I feel like they're going to tag him or at least re-sign him. Carolina's got enough space, and he's so, he's so pivotal to their offensive line. It's it's really hard for me to imagine them letting him go at just age 27 season coming up. And then Brandon Sheriff, I mean, Washington, it's the same kind of thing. It's like these, guy, these guys are so established with those uh, with those franchises, what their impact is, not just on the field but in the locker room as as leaders of, the, of those offensive lines and – uh, I mean, <laughs> Sheriff, may, maybe it's a little bit different with Washington, but again, another team that should be able to fit it. Um, it, it depends if he wants to try to hit the open market, if they're going to use a tag. A lot of these guys, as we get to the top of this list, compared to maybe some of the ones that are a little bit off, are not really, uh, a lot of these guys are 
definitely tag candidates because uh, these teams are not going to want to lose these guys. Obviously, they're but they also understand the, how they're going to have to fit into the cap. Um, I it's I mean maybe Sheriff's more likely to go. I just don't see Carolina uh, letting Taylor go. Well, before we get to the uh, the juicy ones, as we said, uh, let's talk to you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you just want to host a podcast and don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On top of that, we'll get we'll help you get your show uh, pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the other listening platforms the best part is you can get all of this for only 15 dollars a month the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup so whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience acceptance of the program is limited so get your application in today to apply go to bwhustle.com join check out the description box for this episode to find out more information but that's bwhustle.com slash join. All right, top nine. Let's go to number nine, Aaron Jones. Um, certainly someone that we've talked about before here uh, in terms of maybe what could be the next destination for him. We mentioned the Dolphins, potential mutual interest there. Um, and, you know, the Packers have a decision to make when it comes to the tag and, and all the sorts yeah. of stuff. And, and I think that's one, you know, that we don't know the answer to yet, but um, there's no doubt, like we talked about before, Aaron Jones is going to have plenty of value if he does get away from Green Bay. Um, and, and then I think, you know, the possibilities really open up and we could probably name 10 plus teams uh, that you yeah. can plug him in and say, OK, here you go. He, he would look good here. Um, so that that's kind of probably where things stand for him. Yeah, it's, as you said, we've kind of already gone over why, in my mind, the Dolphins make the most sense. I Going back to with Corey Lindsley, I feel like if you obviously it's not as simple as picking one or the other, but I think Green Bay will prioritize Lindsley. I think he is probably more important to to the Packers at this point. Aaron Jones is so dynamic and can do so many things. They obviously drafted A.J. Dillon, very different uh, power style running back. Uh, Jamal Williams still not even on the, the level of what Aaron Jones has been able to do, but I just, with, with all the other needs that they have, things that they need to work on, uh, other additions they could make. I mean, they're obviously worked in the J.J. Watt running, uh, which is widely reported. So, man, they... I, I just think there's other parts of the roster that if they improve, they can take a bigger step than trying to shell out as much money as Jones is going to get on the free agent market. As you said, a lot of teams could use him, but I think Miami, just in terms of fit and uh, uh, cap space flexibility, I think it just makes the most sense. Shaq Barrett is at number eight on the NFL.com's list here. Um, you know, I think you just look at the numbers. I think we sort of expected, like we knew it's probably not going to get as many sacks as he got the season before, but like, there's no doubt. Once again, you talk about a guy that played a very key role on a team that won a Super Bowl. Um, I mean, this guy is, again, he's 28. Like he is, um, he's still just out there making plays all over the place. And um, he's another that uh, we, we kind of know what the value is with someone like him. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, the case though with Tampa, obviously they have on top of, Barrett and one more guy on this list that we're going to get to. They have guys like this still need to try to sign uh, and Dominican Sue. They they have Avante David that's a free agent. If they want to bring Gronk back, uh, it's it's going to be definitely complicated. But I think Shaq Barrett has to have either the number one or number two priority here for Tampa Bay in terms of 
Well, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that he's had that one uh, insane season with all those, uh, you know, a couple of years ago with a lot of sacks, and everyone's like, wow, that seemed a little bit like an outlier in terms of the numbers compared to the the stats underneath. But it's like, no, he's just he is that good. Like yeah. the the stat, if anything, even when he had way less sacks in 2020, his impact. I mean, he still had, uh, you know a ton of QB hits still had a ton of value to Tampa obviously had a lot more help with uh, some of the additions they made and man I he, he's just a, a reason why Tampa Bay as we looked at him a year ago uh, made so much sense for Tom in terms of the talent obviously was there in offense but that defense was so good and he's a huge reason why I have a hard time believing he's going to be leaving after they, they won the Super Bowl I, I know he wants to go back uh, there uh, Jason Lights made it very clear they want to bring him back so I mean it's I think at the end of the day, they'll figure it out. Uh, but a guy that obviously a ton of teams would be licking their chops if they could uh, have a chance to get him. I just do not see it happening. I feel like Tampa Bay gets the deal done here. At number seven on NFL.com's list, I'm going to make a bold prediction here, Dylan. I'm going to say that oh J.J. Watt signs with the <laughs> Arizona Cardinals. Uh, that, that's what I'm going with. Wow. So let's can, can we really pl- out there. Can we plug in that audio into like one of our episodes a couple weeks ago and just to, to make it sound like I predicted this a just couple weeks ago? retroactively update, yeah. I see nothing no, wrong with that. That would be perfect. So, um, <laughs> yeah, they, they had J.J. Watt at number seven. Obviously, we know, as we talked about on the last podcast, he's with the Cardinals. Uh, we'll talk, we talked a lot about him uh, on that one, so go back and, and check that out. Uh, we're going to stay with the Bucks at number six. You kind of alluded to it, but Chris Godwin is at number six, and we talked about him, I guess, a couple weeks ago as well. Um, you know, this guy, still only 24, uh, one of the best receivers in the NFL at this point. One, I mean, one of the guys that we've just seen mm-hmm. really take a huge step forward in terms of what he can do. Um, and I think at this point, Dylan, there's probably not much way I I can see the Bucks letting this guy get away. I mean, I just feel like he's yeah. he's way too valuable in terms of what he brings and you know he's one of the reasons why that receiving core i mean mike evans is great we know like what grok brought to the table um you go up and down the line like they they've got a lot of good players there but um i mean you can certainly make the argument that uh chris godwin is uh maybe the most important player potentially in that offense i guess outside of tom brady um just a, a guy that can do a little bit of everything and um i just don't i don't see him going anywhere yeah, absolutely not. I, I feel like Barrett maybe is the guy that's going to get the, the longer-term extension. I think Chris Godwin is the epitome of the perfect franchise tag candidate here. Yes, um, that's I, why it was I made. <laughs> I feel like there might be. Uh-huh. Like, I, I think a lot of teams uh, would love to, to get him and would obviously and would love to have a chance to outbid Tampa, but with the tag, they have that control at this time. I just don't see them letting him go. The Colts are a team with a ton of cap space that would be, man, that would be a perfect fit for them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this guy, I mean, what he's able to do, maybe the numbers weren't as, as crazy this past season, but what, I mean, when he's healthy and he's on the field, just absolutely insane. He was sixth uh, and uh, Tom Brady was sixth in pass rating generated when targeting Godwin in the NFL, sixth best target of anyone in the NFL in terms of that grade. And, uh, he will, yeah, he also was just led PFF's receiving grade, grade in PFF war. So man, it's, it's not, <laughs> it's ridiculous what he's able to do. They PFF has him as listed as their second uh, best stuff free agent for a reason based on their their stats and how they look at him and I mean yeah you just those it's it's a it's ridiculous how many weapons they had but to have a guy with Godwin's talent in the slot and with his I mean his ability physically but also just with his quickness and uh, he can run every route you want I mean man he's like the complete package he, he can you can line him up anywhere you want he's gonna get the job done uh, yeah and like you said he's so young it's just <laughs> there's no way Tampa Bay is letting him go well the same is 
probably the case. You would think maybe for the Broncos, Justin Simmons at number five. Um, I mean, they've got a new general manager now. That makes things, you know, a little different in terms of maybe how they, they switch doing certain deals and, and that kind yeah. of stuff. But, I mean, once again, like this guy at safety is is certainly someone they, they'd love to have on the roster, I would think. It's just a matter of, um, you know, what, what does that deal look like? Um, how do they get there and those types of things? But uh, there's no doubt the uh, the value that he brings uh, for that team. So Yeah, I think, I mean, he, he loves playing for Fangio and he fits so well into their system there in Denver. So I, I feel like they'll get an extension done. I, they have other guys that are not, uh, you know, quite as important. They they have they should have enough uh, cap space flexibility where they can make this work. Uh, again, it's just really hard for me to imagine him wanting to leave. And I think they, they see the value he has. I mean, he's able to take on so many different uh, – he's taken on so many different roles in that scheme. He's able to be the leader, kind of the, the quarterback of, of that unit, the same way you see – uh, with with Staley, with the Rams, with John Johnson, the guy that I'm uh, not so happy that he wasn't in the top 20. Uh, he's he's on this list just outside the top 20. Another really great safety on the open market. But I think Simmons is on a – I don't think Denver is going to let him go. I think if other teams looking for a safety are going to have to look to guys like Johnson because uh, I, I just don't think – it's a combination of a franchise understanding his value to them, him knowing how well he fits into that system, and them truly believing that they are – We'll see what happens. We've talked on the last episode about all the quarterback kind of things that could happen and all the, the movement that is possible. Um, but uh, Denver does believe that they are not that far off if they can figure it out under center. That's much easier said than done. But, yeah, their defense, I mean, it's it's a lot better when he's on the field. Let's put it that way. I mean, he's one of the, the best safeties in the NFL. Well, the Giants uh, are represented here at number four, and that is Leonard Williams. I don't think there's any surprise he's that high on this list. He made the New York to New York swap, uh, went from the Jets to the Giants, and, um, you know, he he looked like a man that was out to kind of prove himself Mm -hmm. in terms of some of the things that he did uh, this past season. So uh, he's another where, you know, I mean, this this guy just making the swap the way that he did, knowing – Kind of what his value is. Um, he's another one that uh, will probably get, get a few get a few cents this off season. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, just in first uh, in terms of like coordinators that should have gotten uh, more uh, more airtime on the head coaching uh, board. Patrick Graham, what he was able to do with the Giants' uh, defense was absolutely spectacular. Obviously, taking a, a guy that with the Jets was not really doing much of anything to being <laughs> so so yes. important for them. I I think the Giants, you know, they got him. Obviously, they got him. Uh, for a discount at that point. I think now they, they understand his value. They saw, I mean, when they, they targeted him for a reason, they, it wasn't just like they were taking a flyer. They really believed in what he could do for them. Uh, but maybe he maybe he did surpass their expectations. I mean, he was fantastic as just an amazing run stuffer, but also generating, you know, collapsing the pocket from inside. Uh, another team, though, also with has the, the, the flexibility where they should be able to get a deal done. So I think the Giants will end up keeping him. Um, but if, if he was, if other teams want to try to bid, I just don't think they'll end up outbidding the Giants. But man, he, a lot of teams could use a guy like that. Number three, our guy, Allen Robinson. Um, yes. Someone who, talk about a, a season, uh, pretty up and down in terms of probably his his confidence level in the Bears and, um, you know, just maybe his want to, to kind of see what's next for him because, um, Man, this guy is very good. We've said it so many times, but the problem is he's played on an offense that just has not been very good. And I don't know, like he's he's an interesting one to me because as we've said before, like he can make a huge impact for someone else in the right situation, uh-huh. but it's just 
with the Bears, at least as things stand right now, as we laughed about on the last episode, if they get to Russell Wilson, maybe things change a little bit. But as things stand right now, like there's only his upside is limited with the Bears. Yeah. But I think if you plug him in somewhere else, and sure, you could say this about other guys too, but I really think for a guy with this kind of talent, if you plug him in, you know, to what you would even consider maybe an above-average offense. I don't even know if you can consider the Bears ba- af- or their offense average at times. Uh-huh. Like, it's below average. <laughs> no. yeah. um, so, I don't know. Like, if you plug him in somewhere else, I feel like this guy is getting the credit he deserves. But right now, man, like this, I have to believe there are going to be teams that are interested in this guy, depending on what maybe the, the decision is made here and, and kind of where things go for him. Yeah, I mean, if like you said, if the Bears were able to somehow get Russell Wilson, that changes everything. Um, I feel like he'd be very happy staying on the franchise tag that he's, uh, Jeff Darlington of ESPN has reported that uh, Robinson might not be willing to play under the tag, which, I mean, if he holds out and that becomes a mess and who knows what ends up happening at that point, uh, Chicago still has that control, but if, I don't know if they're going to want to deal with that. They still have a lot of other issues and not exactly the, the most rosy cap uh, cap situation for a team that's been pretty average and as you said below average on offense i would love to see yeah obviously robinson's been insane with, with his performance with the, you look at the quarterbacks he's played with in jacksonville chicago and the numbers he's put up it's ridiculous to think about and it's it's painful to a certain extent to think about how good he could be <laughs> uh, with other teams uh, maybe teams that don't have the best uh, receiving situation or quarterback situations might be targeting him some teams that they do. I already mentioned the Colts as a team with a ton of cap space. Obviously, we don't know exactly what to expect. As we talked about on a previous podcast with the Carson Wentz experiment or exact or whatever we want to call it in terms of what they're going <laughs> to yes. do. And I, I hope it works out for them. I really do. And I, I've talked a lot about the Colts and how I, I love their whole organization and what Chris Ballard's done. But that's a, another uncertain situation. I think the best one would be the Ravens. I would love to see him with Lamar to give you know a, Lamar a number one option that we haven't really seen him have. As the start of the last couple of years, if only Lamar had come up a little bit earlier back when Anquan Bolden was in his prime. But yeah, I think that man, it it would be a, that's a perfect fit in my mind in terms of where he'd fit in uh, his ability to, to do just everything. Obviously, Lamar, a great quarterback, throwing to the slot. If Allen does go in, Allen can play anywhere. He's a guy that's just ridiculous. He does everything well. Um, man, he'd fit. I mean, you have the deep threat already, Marquise Brown, then you have the, the all-round guy in Allen Robinson. I think it just adds an element to the Ravens' offense with their great run game that it would make... I, I think that's maybe one of the missing pieces for them. So I think they'll make that a priority. But we'll see what happens with the cap... Uh, or sorry, with the, the tag in Chicago. I think that that's going to be an interesting story to follow here. Trent Williams is number two. Um, I think we can also agree that he's going to probably make a little money this offseason. season. <laughs> Um, and as noted, NFL.com, and the, you know, he's, he's going to be out there because they're, he's not getting tagged by the Niners. So, um, yeah. you know, we know how things kind of changed for him since it went from Washington to San Francisco and, um, now is in a spot where, yeah, he's, he's going to get some money. Um, so I, I guess it's really just a matter of figuring out fit and, and who's going to pay, mm-hmm. you know, the most, because there will be a lot of people lining up, I think, to pay some money. So, um, that's, that's, that's probably one where it's maybe a little hard to predict where exactly he winds up, but we at least know, uh, that he's going to get a lot of attention out there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I wouldn't rule out the 49ers, even though they're not going to tag him or anything like that. I, I wouldn't work, uh, rule out them uh, finding a, a solution in terms of a long-term extension, it, the Niners cap situation, I mean, they have more flexibility than some of the, of the teams that I would consider, even though the Niners didn't make the playoffs. I still consider them, when healthy, a contender. Um, it's, 
I, he might just be a little too high of a price and maybe they, they look at other options uh, there in San Francisco, but I mean, he's going to make a ton of money. I know 33 may, might be a, seem a little scary for an age, but I mean, a lot of tackles we've seen what into his late thirties, what with what uh, Andrew Whitworth has done, but even the, just a history of the, the position among these guys that are either hall of famers, maybe Trent's not quite that, but borderline hall of famers, like, these guys can play at a really high level for a really long time. I, I think he more than proved that in San Francisco after some of the, you know, how his uh, his relationship with Washington deteriorated and that whole situation was such a mess. And I mean, ha- luckily he's completely healthy now past all that, his health scare. And I mean, he's just a fantastic football player. And, uh, a ton of teams would love to have him. <laughs> like yeah. we're talking about uh, uh, how much our team's being willing to spend. I, I think about maybe the Bengals as a, as a fit, but they, I mean, they already uh, drafted their hopefully their tackle of the future. They might be uh, targeting uh, Penne as well as the as a guard in the draft. We'll see about that. There's also they're they're des- definitely a destination for some of the other offensive linemen we uh, mentioned earlier on this podcast. But um, I, that seems like a, a team that I could see. I mean, they I mean as soon as Whitworth left, left Cincinnati, they've been a wreck on that offensive line for the most part. They know the value of having that that position solidified, and I think at this point with their cap situation, they could potentially make it work. Well, number one, I don't think it's going to be much of a surprise <laughs> uh, who is at the top of this list. Dak Prescott, uh, number one, and um, I think this is one you know we've been talking about for a while now in terms of what what are the Cowboys going to do, what's the potential situation. We even brought him up in our wild uh, four-team trade with uh, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. Maybe you, you put him somewhere else. Uh, <laughs> I just we, we were really having some fun with that. But, I mean, in all seriousness, can, can any of us really predict what Jerry Jones is going to do? Like, how, do? How does anyone have any idea what the Cowboys are going to actually decide to do in this yeah. situation? So um, that is what I would say with all this. Um, I, could, I could make all the educated guesses in the world, but I think as we've seen, I don't think you really know what the Cowboys are going to do. Um, and you know, the, the longer the situation goes on, mm. I, I have no clue kind of what the decision's going to be. You can't imagine the Cowboys doing anything to let this guy get away. But, um, at the same time, if Russell Wilson's getting tangled out there and he's already said that he wants to play for the Cowboys, um, you know, J- Jerry's done crazier things. So I don't know, man, I, I think this is one where, again, if it was anyone other than Cowboys, we feel like we may have a little bit more clarity on what exactly they're going to do. But because of the Cowboys, I always, in the back of my mind, have yeah. these unpredictable, crazy, uh, ridiculous scenarios that could potentially play out with someone like that. Yeah, I it, like, it depend, depending on the day you look at the headlines and the rumors and the reports, you'd think that there's no chance Dak's coming back or you think it's 100% done. Like It's it's crazy how it, it fluctuates. I know there's one report saying he wants uh, Patrick Mahomes' money. There's other things saying the talks have been really productive. And it's like, I, where, where they find that middle ground, I feel like eventually it will happen, even with the Cowboys. I know you're, say, you're saying with Russell Wilson being dangled out there, this is a guy that they already have. They don't have to give up any, I mean, obviously cap space and, uh, all of that, but uh, they don't have to give up uh, talent. I don't think that the Cowboys are really in a place to give away too much to bring in another quarterback like that. I, it makes way more sense for them to just figure out a deal with Dak that honestly they should have gotten done previously. I mean, going back even when we're, I feel like when we started this podcast over, you know, a year and a half ago, basically, we we were basically at that point like they need to get this deal done. It's still the same conversation now. Yeah, nothing's all changed. The way to, all the way to this point, and it's honestly it's probably going to end up costing them more money if, if they got the deal done at the time with whatever the, the high at that point was. I'm sure they would have saved off whatever the negotiations are at this point. 
But, you know, they just they waited too long. And like you said, they, they always have to make it interesting there in Dallas. I still think it, it's hard for me to imagine them let him go. I, I would be really curious to see him with another team and how that would work. But, man, I even with his injury, I mean, the, the stats he was putting up were not sustainable necessarily. But he was putting up insane numbers early in the year and looked like some of the things that uh, some of the uh, maybe criticisms of Dak uh, with his ability to throw kind of the uh, accurately more on uh, the medium kind of deep passing game beyond just the, the first 15, 20 yards seemed like he'd figure that out. And man, he, he looked amazing. And so I, I would, if you're the Cowboys, if you're a Cowboys fan in particular, and you, you imagine a world where Dak goes elsewhere, you just let him walk and you trade for someone else. And then Dak just, I, and then he has a spectacular career elsewhere that I just don't know how you'd be able to, to, to process that and be okay with that. I, I think at the end of the day, the Cowboys brass will kind of see that, that same kind of vision and will ultimately figure out a deal that again, will have costed them more than it should have if they just done this uh, previously. Well, uh, he's not, he's not like the, he's not like the way, like we're kind of last podcast we talked about his rookie deals. They shouldn't just be an automatic like re-sign situation just because a guy's played well enough. Dak is not that. He is good enough. He does deserve it. He isn't one of these uh, kind of fringe rookies that maybe are on the rookie deals that really you're like, maybe which is worth us getting another quarterback that can do the same thing. No, Dak is really good. He is the best prospect from that draft easily over number one, two picks, and he, he deserves to be paid. Well, Washington and Philadelphia both are trying to fill out, figure out their quarterback situation. So uh, maybe maybe he's just going to stick it to them and um, really just <laughs> – I'm just kidding. But I, I'm really not, though, because, like I said, this this league is nuts. Like, we say this. Like, we never expected the Russell Wilson stuff. We know everything going on with Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, we had a big quarterback trade already this offseason. It's just – you never know, man. It, all the crazy scenarios you think that can only play out on Madden um you know they actually play out sometimes uh with with actual front offices so uh we'll see what happens there but i guess Dylan, before we wrap up no surprise to have dak at number one uh we did say we were going through the top 20 let's just um quickly any of these guys maybe left outside of the top 20 that we think we should have maybe or they should have thrown in the nfl.com's list um will fuller was one at 21 mm-hmm. Jameis at 23 uh curtis samuels at 24 juju at 25 on their list cam at 26 um i think hunter henry at 28 these were some of the ones that i had on there ryan fitzpatrick at uh 30 and really i think beyond that Corey davis at 32 those were some that stood out maybe of that best of the rest group yeah those those guys for sure i'd say hunter henry deserves to be in there um he definitely one of the top tight ends when healthy a couple guys that were in the top 10 for pffs uh kind of pre like after the season they had a similar just kind of list com and the top 10 for them they had anthony harris and levante david i definitely think i mean we've talked about how the vikings for so long had one of the best safety combos in the nfl now harris on the open market a lot of teams that could that could really use him uh, i don't really rank him that far different than than john johnson and and um and and justin simmons i do think he's kind of he, he is that good and uh, the team that the uh, PFF talked about for him with, was the Browns as a prediction for where he could end up. I think that's a perfect fit for what they need at this point. And Levante David, a, another guy that has finally, after so many years of being so great for Tampa Bay, finally getting that, that postseason glory and getting yeah, it's still, though, it's, it's kind of funny. Like they, they draft Devin White and De- Devin White does deserve so much credit but Levante David is still he's even though Devin White has maybe the better physical tools Levante David's uh, 
coverage grade is way better. He's fantastic, and he's always gotten kind of overlooked in that division because Luke Keekley is freaking ridiculous and on a different level, and it's just not fair to really mark the two of them against each other. Um, but, I mean, Levante David, fantastic. He, he's the perfect kind of modern NFL linebacker and his ability to not just be kind of that quarterback of the defense, but also he can defend in the pass game every you know running back, tight end, receiver, everyone. He, he's, he has that capability. And another guy that Tampa would really hate to lose. Um, I, I don't think it's he, – he just – he'd be uh, almost as costly as the, the other two guys that we mentioned, Shaq Barrett and, and Godwin. I think Levante David is that important to Tampa Bay. Well, there you go. There's some of the uh, the top free agents to kind of keep an eye on as we head into this off season. Um, you know, there there are a lot more too, as we said. The uh, the NFL dot uh, com mm-hmm. list. You go way down, like Gronk's down there at 55, Chris Carson at 53, uh, T Y Hilton's down there somewhere. Um, so <laughs> just know, like, there's a lot of different guys. Marvin Jones, uh, Sammy Watkins, uh, the, the offensive players like that. Even our even our guy Antonio Brown is uh, way down the list. Uh, there somewhere so uh, a lot of different ones uh, in terms of uh, guys that are going to be out there it's going to make for an interesting offseason and uh, while we try to figure all that out we're going to see if we can get uh, Jerry Jones on the podcast to see if we can get some clarity on uh, the Dak situation I mean he goes on he goes on Dallas radio all the time I don't know why he wouldn't come on uh, the podcast try to give us a little insight here Uh, we're trying to break this thing down but uh, Dylan for now until we get we get Jerry on the phone um we got a lot of stuff going on over clutch points, uh, keeping up with everything in the NFL offseason. Uh, lots of stuff happening in the NBA. Baseball getting started as well. Uh, so let everybody know uh, where they can find all that. Yeah, you can follow all the NBA uh, games and MLB spring games in the clutch points app uh, for N- our NFL coverage in the app as well, in the NFL section, as well as clutchpoints.com and, and the NFL tab there. Tons of We've already done a lot of these free agency kind of breakdowns and looked at the best destinations. So we'll still be doing those, still reporting more on rumors probably the next couple of weeks heading up, leading up to free agency. And then once it gets going, we'll have a lot of obviously uh, looking back at the, the winners, losers, not just uh, teams, but also players in terms of where they end up, the deals they get given the value. And as, as we kind of mentioned at the beginning, there's probably going to be quite a few other free agents hitting this list. Maybe they're not going to be top 20 guys, but a lot of guys are going to be released just for reasons based on how the cap has to work, how teams have to make things fit uh, just based on their contract without guaranteed money and without a, a, you know, a dead cap hit. So a lot of, a lot of, a lot of rumors, a lot more news, maybe than just straight analysis from us on clutchpoints.com coming up, but we'll have the analysis as well as guys start finding new homes. Yep. Check everything out at clutch points. Uh, Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use. You can find us on there. If you enjoy the podcast, leave us a nice five-star rating review. Uh, that'll help the show uh, reach more people. But uh, thanks, as always, to the fine folks at Blue Wire for all that they do. And thank you, as always, for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past podcast.